Scene 5. Winning One for the Gipper. Betsy Rose Mansion, Red Giant's Base, Shentlepiece City, Spy Woden's Day, Nones. Afternoon, 5th of April, 1284. When Madame Dungaree opens the door, Joy suffuses her face. Health and happiness, Mr. Lynx. You bring light to this place. I knew you'd come. Mademoiselle Zena isn't home right now, but our guest is eager to meet you. Walk this way, if you please. Clearly making an effort to put on a brave face, Lynx smiles and says, Health and happiness to you, Madame Dungaree. Please don't trouble yourself. Bartleby can show me the way. A jolt of pain and embarrassment streaks across her face. Oh, uh, um, Bartleby is away on personal leave. It was an unexpected family matter, and I haven't managed to replace her yet. I'd be happy to walk with you myself, but before we go in, I can't help but notice you look a little sad. Not sad, just frustrated. Just before coming here, I won the Justiciar League tournament by one point over Monsieur Engagnon. He was so angry that he left early, but when I went up to claim my commission as a junior officer, the adjudicators disqualified my last arrow and awarded the commission to Monsieur Engagnon. Oh, that's too bad. I'm so disappointed at how they've been treating you. Wait, did you say Monsieur Engagnon left early? Maybe you could argue that he forfeited the tournament by quitting. Lynx flings his hands out and flops them back to his sides like an elfling that just missed recess. I already tried. They said his leg injury exempted him from that rule. It's no use, Madame Dungaree. They're always going to find an excuse to keep a wood elf like me out of the major leagues. She puts her hand on his back and leads him through the corridor to the guest room, saying, Don't give up, Mr. Lynx. They think they're so smart, but you'll outsmart them when the time is right. Compared to the homes of the other high elves of her wealth and status, Dungaree Jean's residence, called Betsy Rose Mansion, is like a Spartan war camp. Against any other standard, her treetop mansion is no less spectacular than Cinderella's castle at the Magic Realms theme park in Disney World. Magnificent murals, elegant arches, and fancy furniture line every step of the way from the front door to the guest room. Up in Chantelpiece City, real estate is sold by the square inch, not the square foot, so the hallways are just broad enough to let two people pass by each other cozily while admiring the great art along the way. Tables and chairs are recessed into lofted nooks so as not to take up any precious floor space. Not only are the wooden ceiling tiles richly carved, lacquered, and filigreed, but also the wall panels and floorboards make a serious attempt to hold your attention with their decorative ingenuity. Still, despite all this elegance, Betsy Rose Mansion's decor is stead, almost a bare-bones concept for avoiding extravagance compared to her high-elf neighbors. The fourth door past the waiting room is the guest room. The parlor and the dining room are downstairs, so that visitors to the household do not need to go traipsing through the private quarters of the permanent residence upstairs. Bartleby's room is just past the kitchen, with her own servant's entrance across the way. You cannot see it easily from the bottom of the glittering staircase, but once you get to the second floor, the impressive furnishings and refined decorations mellow out significantly to a posh but sparing nexus of bedrooms, the largest of which is currently used as a library and study. The main staircase, complete with the kind of glamorous steps and railings a fairy tale princess would need to make a dramatic entrance for her suitors waiting down below, overhangs Johnny Appleseed's guest room. 
Gently knocking on the door, Dungaree Jean hears a muffled hoot from inside and takes it as an invitation to come in. Nearly all high elf dwellings share a wall or two with their neighbors, so soundproofing is one of the top architectural priorities. That makes it nearly impossible to eavesdrop in Shentlepiece City. I say nearly impossible because Xena somehow manages to overhear every whisper from one end of the mansion to the other. Anyway, Dungaree Jean opens the door and shows Lynx in. Reverend Appleseed seems to be waking up from a nap and gets reminded in the process of all the pain in his leg. The expression on his face lets them all know he is doing his best to endure it bravely. Lynx extends a hand and says in English, Pleasure to meet you, Reverend Appleseed. Johnny Appleseed takes Lynx's hand and pretends to smile despite the pain shooting up and down his leg. Are you the young wood elf who speaks English? My name is Herr Gipper. You say Mr. Lynx in English, no? I am Wood Elf, like you say. If I speak English, you listen and say yes or no. Lynx laughs, and when Reverend Appleseed realizes he is trying to be funny, he joins in the laughter, just to be polite. The reality is, Johnny Appleseed barely understands Lynx's thick elvish accent. He sighs with noble resignation. It's going to be a long couple months up here as the only human in Shentlepie City. Madame Dungaree backs out of the room, saying in her crisp, fluent English, Well, I'll leave you two to get acquainted. If Mademoiselle Zena does return, I'll make sure to send her up to you as well. The mention of Zena's name spikes a surge of confusion and fear within Lynx's innermost thoughts. He came here intending to tell Zena about Nganyan's relationship with Florence at the Shade Gap, but what if she reacts to the news as irrationally as Buttercup did? Pleasure to meet you, Herr Gipper. Do you know about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Totally distracted with his own problems, Lynx answers absentmindedly. Yes, I do. He is a very nice guy. Thank you. Johnny Appleseed says with a fatherly concern. Something's bothering you, Herr Gipper. It ain't hard to tell. As we say in Kentucky, you look like a cat on a hot, lead-shingled roof. Lynx confesses at once. You know, Mademoiselle Zena... I love her too much, but she love Bad Elf. His name is Monsieur Nganyan Gandorfson. Yes, I've met this Nganyan fellow. You could say he uh, taught me how to fly. <laughs> now it is Lynx's turn to pretend to smile. It's hard to believe even a Christian missionary would take an assassination attempt so lightly. Monsieur Nganyan is liar, and Mademoiselle Zina believe him always. He pretend he like Mademoiselle Zena, but he only want to win elf girl who win election. He think Mademoiselle Florence is better winner, so he go to Shade Gap with her. I think to tell Mademoiselle Zena, so she see that he love Mademoiselle Florence, but I think she not listen. Reverend Appleseed rubs his beard and thinks for a while. <sighs> he says cautiously. If she has such poor judgment, maybe you would be better off transferring your affections to another young maiden. Lynx throws his hands up in the air. But it is not me that I think that I can love another elf. I not choose elf that I love. Mademoiselle Zena is beautiful, smart, and, how do you say, magical. She soon have a magical wand. Her mother is very rich, and she tame unicorn. How many English girls tame unicorn? Most English girls don't believe in unicorns. Wait, not believe? What English girls say when they see pony with horn on head? People believe what they want to believe and rarely allow what they see or don't see to get in the way of that once they've made up their minds. Yes, that is how Mademoiselle Zena do to me. She 
always believe Monsieur and Gagnon, and, and she is mad to me when I say to her that he is bad elf. Johnny Appleseed gives him a hard but kind look and says, Let's take a step back for a moment, Herr Gipper. Would you still love her if she lost her good looks, her wealth, and her talents? I... not sure what you want to say. You said Gagnon wants to marry the winner of the election. How different is your love? What I'm asking is this. Do you really love Zena? I mean, Mademoiselle Zena, for who she is, or are you just impressed with all that she has going for her now? I... not so sure. My intuition tells me her heart belongs to Monsieur and Gagnon, but Madame Dungaree does not like him, and she thinks you're a better influence. Your intuition is good. When it comes to winning the heart of a sassy young woman, nice guys finish last, Mr. Gipper, I suggest you find a lady whose heart beats at a speed closer to yours. But I not let Mademoiselle Zena marry Bad Elf. You have to let her decide that for herself. The more you insist, the worse she will resent you for forcing her to face a truth she's not yet ready to handle. Besides, this Enganyan fellow might not be so bad after all. Jonah got angry when he heard God had forgiven the Ninevites after they repented their sins. What if Enganyan comes around and does some good with his life? Are you going to be able to accept God's mercy for him? Christ came to call sinners, you know. Lynx folded his arms. Yes, I know. I am a Christian like Prophet Helaman. I know that Christians love enemies, but Mademoiselle Zena not want... The Council of Appleseed Knock, knock! Johnny Appleseed calls out. Who's there? They hear a muffled voice say. Hatch! Johnny Appleseed asks. Hatch who? Zena peeks her head inside smiling and says, Gesundheit! When she sees Lynx speaking with Johnny Appleseed, she raises her eyebrows and greets him in Eldrick. Health and happiness to you, Mr. Lynx. You bring light to our house. Can I have a word with you for a minute? Sure, Mademoiselle Zena, replies Lynx and Eldrick, suddenly turning weak and submissive. I was just telling Reverend Appleseed I was hoping to see you. She giggles apologetically and asks in English, Pardon, Reverend Appleseed, please give me permission that I speak with Lynx and Eldrick for a little bit. We have, um... Family problem. Johnny Appleseed asks cheerfully, Are you pregnant? I've placed plenty of unexpected babies in loving families. No need to hide any embarrassments from me. I'm too old to blush at life. Zena's jaw hangs open for a few moments before she recovers. Oh, no, that is not it at all. I, I will say it in English if it makes you feel more comfortable. As you wish, my fair lady. If there's any assistance I can provide you and your mother, I will. Your kindness to me has been overwhelming. Zena sits down next to Lynx and puts on a serious face. She tells him in English, Mademoiselle Florence has announced to Tuscarora High Elves that our stewardess Bartleby has stealed alchemy for Fire Elf from my mother and she is selling to Mercenary Dwarf, who has name Master Chief Engineer Tom Thumb, very famous and very powerful dwarf. We not do it, but Bartleby is our stewardess and we take blame. Johnny Appleseed runs his fingers through his beard. Why would Mademoiselle Florence say all this about you if it's not true? Zena takes a deep breath. She wants to win an election. Our early fathers and mothers have invented alchemy for, how you say, ooze to make elf fire. You throw it at enemy and they go up in big fire and nothing can put out fire, not even water. Elf fire is very important to fire elves. 
We feel safe because only we know elf fire. If dwarves know elf fire, fire elves feel very scared. We are not special anymore. No one votes for elf who loses elf fire alchemy. Again, Johnny Appleseed nods and comments. So you have gallons of unquenchable fire ooze up here in the treetops? Not the safest idea, is it? Lynx explains. Shentleby City is builded on Sequoia. Sequoia is fire tree. Fire not harm Sequoia. Fire good for Sequoia. It make pine cone open and give new seed. Sequoia tree need fire, and fire elf need fire. Turning back to Xena, Johnny Appleseed asks, Do you need my help to prove that these accusations are not true? A worried look settles on Xena's face. Yes and no. My mother says that Bartleby stole alchemy to other fire. We call it Athabasque fire. Athabasque fire not so strong as elf fire, and you put salt on it and it goes out. So alchemy to true elf fire is still safe. But even so, it is still bad. If all world knows that dwarves have Athabasque fire, they think that fire elves not so special even with elf fire. I already tell you that umpire Kibler wants that Tuscarora elves make more weapons so that we be stronger than our enemies. If our enemies have all same weapons, or if our enemies think they have all same weapons, they will attack Shentlepea City. And that is no good. The fire elves say best weapon is one we never use. Tears well up in the corners of Xena's eyes. Lynx puts a hand on her shoulder to encourage her, just as she did for him earlier on. Xena sniffles and pulls out an embroidered silk handkerchief. Without thinking, she switches to Eldrick. If we arrest Bartleby right away and make sure that Tom Thumb's dwarves don't get their grubby, overgrown hands on that Athabasque recipe, the Council of Perfects is willing to acquit my mother of all charges before the case goes to trial. If we fail, my mother will be publicly prosecuted for leaking state secrets. If she is convicted, the council could revoke our status as high elves, confiscate all our property, and even have her executed as a traitor. Link stands up. Striking his most chivalrous pose, he declares in Eldrick, I will find Bartleby for you, Mademoiselle Zena. I place my bow at your... Guessing from his body language that Lynx is about to make big promises, Johnny Appleseed cuts him off and says in English with a loud, assertive voice, What young Mr. Lynx means to say is that he is flattered by the trust and confidence you have placed in him and that he will give your dilemma serious consideration. In the meantime... He has a matter of similar peril that he has to handle at the Shade Gap this very night. Perhaps if you, little Missy, could help him with his quest at the Shade Gap, he could help you with your quest in handling all that elf fire business. Isn't that right, my boy? Lynx blinks. Suddenly, a light goes on in his eyes, and he stutters in English. Oh, uh, yes, that is right. You can help me with my, uh, quest at Shade Gap tonight. Then I can help you with your quest to get Bartleby. Xena looks askance at Johnny Appleseed, then nods to Lynx and says in Eldrick, Yes, I agree to help you if you solemnly promise to see this quest for Bartleby through to the end. If Bartleby escapes on a swift pony, we may need to take on Tom Thumb and his dwarf engineers. Lynx puffs out his chest with pride. Rudolph could run down a halfling pony any day of the week. Xena smiles with a sly, satisfied grin, convinced that she has thoroughly manipulated every weakness in Lynx's chivalrous nature, and announces, Very well then, let's get our gear ready. Hi-ho! It's off to Shade Gap we go!